here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here, our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. You know, two of our kids and their uh, spouses live in Nashville. Uh, my daughter and her husband have two children, our grandchildren. Our granddaughter is nine years old. And she played basketball with one of the nine-year-olds who was murdered today at this private Christian school. And uh, they were murdered by a 28-year-old woman, as has been reported, Andre Hale, who identifies as a woman who has transgendered. This private Christian school goes from preschool to sixth grade. She had maps and uh, tactics that she had been preparing for one of two schools. This is the school that seemed the easiest to penetrate. The police did a fantastic job, but they still lost six people. Three nine-year-olds were murdered. Three adults, including a substitute teacher. So these third graders were murdered. I want you to hear what was the latest press conference with the information uh, from the chief of police in the Metropolitan Police Department and the Metropolitan Nashville Police Department Public Affairs Officer, so you don't have to hear this interpreted by the media. Cut 26, go. Just an update from uh, today's uh, press conference. We've identified the shooter as Audrey Hale, a uh, 28-year-old female that lived in the Nashville area. We have investigations ongoing now at the residence on Brightwood Avenue. Uh, and we have made contact with uh, the father 
uh, that lived at that residence and are uh, putting together more informa information. We've also determined uh, there were uh, maps drawn of the school in detail of uh, surveillance, uh, entry points, etc. cetera. Uh, we know and believe that entry was gained through shooting through one of the doors uh, is how they actually uh, got uh, into the school. I want to take the time to at least say, and I won't say the victims' names, I'll let Don uh, say that, but out of the six victims, three adults, three of those were children. Uh, two of them were age nine, one was eight, about to be nine. Uh, all the families um, have been contacted. The victims' families have been contacted as well. My thoughts and prayers. Uh, go out to the family. Uh, when we send our kids to school or to any place of safety, we expect them to live, learn, have fun, and come back from that day, day's experience. We don't anticipate things like this. And I want to say thank you to our partners, uh, to uh, Chief Swan, uh, to uh, Glenn Funk, to our mayor for his support, to our federal partners. But also I want to say thank you to our first responders who got there and immediately went in and addressed the threat of someone that had multiple rounds of ammunition, prepared for a confrontation with law enforcement, prepared to do more harm than was actually done, and we were able to stop the threat and unfortunately six victims. Uh, so my thoughts and prayers again, but the praise go to the men and women. As I've said before, we will not wait. I was hoping this day would never, ever come here in this city, but we would never wait to make entry and to go in and to stop a threat, especially when it deals with our children. So thank you. I'm going to go over the victims' names with you now. The three nine-year-olds who were killed, Evelyn Dickhouse, William Kenny, Hallie Scruggs. Three adults, Mike Hill, a custodian, age 61, Cynthia Peake, to my understanding, a substitute teacher, age 61, and Catherine Kuntz, age 60. As Chief Drake said, we have identified the active shooter as Audrey Elizabeth Hale, age 28. We'll take just a few questions if you have any. Don, do you believe that she was a former student at the school? Yes, we do. Chief, you want to address that? Yes, from our investigations tell us that she was a former student uh, at the school. I don't know what grade she's attended or grades, but we do uh, firmly believe she was a student there. Did she identify as transgender? She does uh, ident identify as transgender, yes. Is there any reason to believe the shooter first went to the church before going to the school? Uh, I can't give you that information, Alonso. We know that the minute the calls came in, we responded uh, to the church, so to the school. To the school. Yeah. Yeah. 
had like, was there like two officers that went in when they first got there? How many there was when they first entered the building? So it was five officers that immediately went in uh, and addressed. Uh, we have video that we're going to release, but you can see in the video, you can hear gunfire going on as they're uh, in the school. Uh, they address the threat and, and take that threat down. And Chief, what do we know about the weapons? So we know there were two AR-style weapons, one a rifle, another was an AR-style pistol, and the other was a, a handgun. Uh, we believe two of those may have been obtained legally, locally here. Can you confirm that one of the adult victims, uh, Catherine Cooks, was head of the school? Was what? Was head of the school? There was some, I don't know her exact capacity within the school, but it was higher up in Echelon. And were any of the children victims related to any of the school staff? Uh, unsure. I believe one may have been, but I can't confirm that. Does the shooter have any criminal, criminal history at all? No history at all. And no motive at this point? Uh, anything discovered in the apartment or house? No, we have a manifesto. We have some writings that we're going over uh, that uh, pertain to this day, the actual incident. We have a map drawn out of how this was all going to take place. Uh, there's right now a theory of that's, that we may be able to talk about later, but it's not confirmed. And so we'll we'll put that out as soon as we can. Hey, Chief, is there any reason to believe that how she identifies I'm sorry, I knocked someone's mic over. I didn't hear you say that again, sir. Is there any reason to believe that how she identifies is has any motive for targeting the school? I, we can give you that at a later time. There is uh, some theory to that. We're investigating all the leads, and once we know exactly, we'll let you know. So was this a targeted attack? It was. Do you know about a history of mental man or woman? Don't know any history of mental illness uh, at this time, but we are looking at that as the investigation is ongoing. And I'm sorry. She identifies as a transgender man or woman? Uh, woman. Was this the only school that was targeted? It was the only school that was targeted. Uh, there was another location that was mentioned, uh, but because of a uh, threat assessment by the suspect, uh, too much security, they decided not to. And that area was here in Nashville, so we're continuing with that investigation as well. Right now, we believe uh, it's a lone uh, assailant, and uh, we don't anticipate any further damage at this time, but we're still investigating. This right what address. She lived there with her parents? Or yes. Yes. Okay. Thank you. So the scene is going to be processed throughout all the right. night. There we have it. Those are all the details we have from the chief himself. Um, and by all reports, the police got on the scene and they went in the building immediately. We'll know more details later into the first floor. They heard shooting on the second floor. They immediately went to the second floor and they confronted this person and killed her. And she would have killed many, many more. I don't know how you kill a nine-year-old kid. And of course, the gun control advocates are right on it they don't have all the facts they don't know exactly what took place but it doesn't matter all they know is if you surrender all your weapons this wouldn't have happened this is not the time or place for that 
It's absolute BS. I will deal with it another day. I can tell you that even my daughter is shaken up. This was a mile from their house. And as I said, my granddaughter, who's nine in third grade, played on a basketball team with one of the young girls who was murdered. And I cannot imagine what those parents are going through. And what about a substitute teacher? What a day to be a substitute teacher. Unbelievable. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I want to tell you about something to help you protect your retirement. People are worried about the economy because 2022 didn't go very well. For one thing, there's the crazy spending and debt created by Biden and the Democrats. That huge debt affects your savings, especially pensions, IRAs, and 401ks. It's one reason Americans get gold IRAs, to protect their hard-earned savings. Well, here's a company I trust to help you with a gold IRA, Augusta Precious Metals. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? They'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. If you've saved $100,000 or more, say for your IRA or your 401k, sign up for a one-on-one web conference to schedule call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. If you have a financial professional, obviously talk to them before making an investment decision. Visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com and check out the risk disclosures as well. Since we've gotten an enormous number of inquiries, I feel obligated to talk to you about a matter that occurred on Friday. You know, Rush Limbaugh, as I've told before, he said, never abuse or underestimate your audience. And yet you were abused and underestimated in New York in hour three of the Mark Levin show. And I was totally blindsided. Andrew Cuomo did the show. Now, there's a lot to be said about Andrew Cuomo. Many of you out there have had families who suffered at the hands of former Governor Cuomo, who had to resign in disgrace. Many of you have parents and grandparents who died in nursing homes because your families were exposed to COVID in the nursing homes, despite the fact that the science said that the elderly and those with certain morbidity, mor- morbidities were most likely to be, become ill or die from this virus. He was highly criticized for that. Highly criticized. This is a three-hour program. And some of you asked me why I had him on. I did not have him on. I would never have him on. He's never apologized to the people of New York. He never apologized to the families that suffered. Ever. He's never even admitted his wrongdoing. Ever. 
I would never treat you, this audience, that way. And neither would Westwood One, my syndication company. I've been on the air over 20 years. I've been in New York 21 years. And at no time during my career have I ever pulled a stunt like that on you. And I never will. Period. You've complained loudly to us, and I want you to know I had nothing to do with this. Moreover, if I had known about it, it would not have happened. Which is probably why I didn't know about it. When there's news breaking, that's understandable. So I just want you to understand I respect you. I want you to understand that I do not take your listenership for granted. I want you to understand though I do not abuse the airwaves. And that again, this is not something I decided. It was not something I even knew about. Within the three hours of the Mark Levin show. So let's set that record straight. And uh, I don't expect that to ever happen again. We'll see. But I am so pissed off you have no idea. That people who lost family members are treated this way. That my audience is treated this way. I am so ticked off you have no idea. But we will continue to proceed. The purpose of this show is to help save America. The purpose of this show is to have a national town hall meeting where all of you and I can talk together, can share information. We have sponsors, we have affiliates, we have responsibilities. And I want to thank you all. Thank you all. I am blessed to have you out there and do understand that I would never make a decision that is abusive or that underestimates your intelligence. I'll be right back. I want to tell you about something to help you protect your retirement. People are worried about the economy because 2022 didn't go very well. For one thing, there's the crazy spending and debt created by Biden and the Democrats. That huge debt affects your savings, especially pensions, IRAs, and 401ks. It's one reason Americans get gold IRAs, to protect their hard-earned savings. Well, here's a company I trust to help you with a gold IRA, Augusta Precious Metals. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? They'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. If you've saved $100,000 or more, save for your IRA or your 401k, sign up for a one-on-one web conference to schedule call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. If you have a financial professional, obviously talk to them before making an investment decision. Visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com and check out the risk disclosures as well. 
Mark Levin, the research arm of conservative media. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Expect the president of the United States to at least conduct himself with some level of class and sincerity. Joe Biden goes to the microphone. He's talking at the Women's Business Summit. They keep throwing around this word woman, except when they don't want to. He's got remarks prepared also to talk about the mass shooting in Nashville at the private Christian school. He knows it's a solemn moment. You can hear how solemn I am. It's very depressing. It's very upsetting. And yet he comes out, and this is how he conducts himself. Hat tip, right scoop, cut seven, go. My name is Joe Biden. (laughs) I'm Dr. Joe Biden's husband. (laughs) And I ate Jenny's ice cream, chocolate chip. I came down because I heard there was chocolate chip ice cream. By the way, I have a whole refrigerator full upstairs. You think I'm kidding? I'm not. Ben, how are you, pal? One of the best guys in the United States Congress, Ben Cardin. (laughs) Folks, uh, it's a delight to have you all here. And who are those good-looking kids back there? They're your kids, all four of them? Well, stand up, guys. John, we'll jump back in here. Um, yeah. Uh, considering the moment. Like you. Um, we were, we were a told that the shooting pr- yeah. that just happened uh, left three children dead, uh, three adults dead, shooters dead, and we were told he would be addressing this f- off the top. Yeah, it's uh, rather surprising. I thought that a somber President Biden would have come to the podium here and addressed the school shooting. This is really disgusting. It is really unbelievable. And then, of course, his spokesperson attacks Republicans. Every time there's an event like this, or any event where there's a gun used, it's the the fault of the Republican Party. The Democrat Party doesn't seem to want to solve this. There were two schools that the killer looked at. One was too well-protected. So she picked the other one, which tells you something. We had an assault weapons ban, quote unquote, in the mid 1990s. John Lott's been here. He's explained. We looked at the stats that it had no. No real impact. Period. Period. But to come out and talk about ice cream and whose kids are back there and stand up and all the rest of it, like nothing's going on. What do you have? Ice water in your veins? Now, if Donald Trump had done this, this would be a story for the next 25 days. If Ron DeSantis had did this, this would be a story for another 25 days. But even apart from that. You know, you have the photo of Donald Trump with the baseball bat, Mr. Producer. That story's still going on. On Twitter. You have a president of the United States. Three third graders were murdered. Three adults were murdered. 
You know how much chocolate chip ice cream we have up? So I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. And the crowd's laughing and all this stuff's going on. Do you think that's appropriate, America? I don't. But we're going to hear the same stuff over and over and over again. Over and over and over again. But it's very interesting when I played for you the comments of the chief of police, who seems like he's, based on what I can see, incredibly competent and big-hearted. I could see his eyes are all red. They look terribly bloodshot and so forth. Because this is a shock. It's a shock to any neighborhood, any community. The families around there, obviously the families of the deceased, are suffering horrifically. And we'll get into a gun debate. But it was interesting as part of his comments, Mr. Producer in America. He did mention that this is a transgender person who identifies as a woman. And they had a theory or theories. A reporter asked him if that was related to one of the theories. And he started to think, to say, uh, they're looking at it. She had attended this school. It's a private Christian school. So they're looking at it. So right now, we don't even know what the theories are. Just unbelievable. And I will deal with the politics of it as it comes up the next day or two or three. But right now, Mr. Callscreen, I don't want any calls on the politics of it. None of it. Because I don't need people just making suggestions or surmises and all that. That's not right. It's not what should be done. Certainly not right now. We'll leave that to the politicians and the media. This is what they do and they cannot help themselves. And this is how they, they drag the nation into this stuff. You know, it's amazing to me the way children are abused in this country in the public school classrooms by the media. We have here from Media Matters, George Soros's Media Matters, and they are essentially campaigning for pornography, pornographic books and so forth in the kids' classrooms or the kids' libraries. So I said to you the other day, how does a parental bill of rights become controversial in America? The Democrats call it racist, call it book banning. Yes, some books need to be banned. You know, books with explicit sexual photographs, books with explicit discussion about sexuality and gender and gender changing and transitioning. Those books shouldn't see a shelf in a public school system, period. And for the Democrats, this is an attack on free speech, quoting myself. And for the Democrats, this is book burning. They don't tell you what kind of books. Or books that claim that white people are racists. Those books need to be on the shelves too, you know. Or books that push critical race theory, a Marxist ideology. Those books need to be on the shelves too. Think about that. What does this bill do effectively? It responds to your concerns, responds to what we've been 
going through in this country. And I want to salute the Republicans in the House that voted for it and so forth. Their headline is as follows. Fox's Mark Levin. Oh, keep in mind, I say this on radio. They don't say Westwood One's Mark Levin because they exist to try and destroy Fox, but they're destroying themselves. That's the irony. Fox's Mark Levin. Some books need to be banned. That's the headline. Yeah, they do. Levin, quote, this is the subtitle, books with explicit sexual photographs, books with explicit discussion about sexuality and gender and gender changing and transitioning. Those books shouldn't see a shelf in a public school system, period. Media Matters staff, written by Media Matters staff. This morning at 11.56 a.m. They are insisting, promoting, relentlessly campaigning for sexually explicit pornographic books and photographs, gender changing and transitioning to be on the shelves of the public school systems in our country. Otherwise, why post this? Sick, perverted, and every single Democrat in the House of Representatives agrees with them. Every single one agrees with them. That's amazing. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I want to tell you about something to help you protect your retirement. People are worried about the economy because 2022 didn't go very well. For one thing, there's the crazy spending and debt created by Biden and the Democrats. That huge debt affects your savings, especially pensions, IRAs, and 401ks. It's one reason Americans get gold IRAs, to protect their hard-earned savings. Well, here's a company I trust to help you with a gold IRA, Augusta Precious Metals. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? They'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. If you've saved $100,000 or more, save for your IRA or your 401k, sign up for a one-on-one web conference to schedule call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. If you have a financial professional, obviously talk to them before making an investment decision. Visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com and check out the risk disclosures as well. The Daily Wire's investigative reporter, Luke Rosiak, has tweeted out, the shooting of a Christian school by a transgender comes the same week that activists scheduled a, quote, trans day of vengeance, unquote, with the group also raising money for firearms training. I don't know if there's any connection at all, but I can assure you If this were the NRA, there'd be a connection made and insisted upon. I wonder what the morning schmo, Joe Scarborough, will say. He is a gutless wonder. We'll read the New York Slimes in order to come up with his opinions. Or Schmuck Todd, the low IQ impersonator of of a journalist. What would he say if he saw something like this? 
Maybe that is one of the theories they're looking at. We'll find out. But it won't matter to Joe Biden. Cut eight. Today again. Go. It's just, uh, it's sick. You know, we're still gathering the facts of what happened and why. And we do know that as of now, there are a number of people who are not going to, did not make it, including children. It's heartbreaking, uh, a family's worst nightmare. And I want to commend the police who responded incredibly swiftly within minutes to end the danger. We're monitoring the situation really closely, Ben, as you know. And uh, we have to do more to stop gun violence. It's ripping our communities apart, ripping the soul of this nation, ripping at the very soul of the nation. And we, we have to do more to protect our schools so they aren't turned into prisons. You know, uh, the shooter. I, I, this, I don't even understand that comment. More to protect our schools so they're not turned into prisons, Mr. Medusa? Now, those words conflict with each other. More to protect our schools so they're not turned into prisons. It, shouldn't it be more to protect our schools, to protect our children? There were no uh, resource personnel there. I'm not attacking this private school. I'm just saying. This is incomprehensible to me. I don't get it. We have incredible protection now on Capitol Hill. We have incredible protection at the White House to protect all these politicians. We have incredible protection at federal buildings and other facilities. Is the White House a prison? Is the Capitol building a prison? Is the FBI building a prison? Is the Department of Justice a prison? I mean, it's perplexing to me. But if you want to protect your children, uh, we don't want to turn it into a prison. See, this is driven by ideology. He doesn't say we need to protect our children by any and all means possible. He's already told you. That banning weapons is it. It's the only way. And we've done that, and it doesn't work. If you really want to save the lives of children, shouldn't you at least say, if you're him, any and every proposal of substance that might be reasonable or sensible, I want to look at. But he doesn't say that. He doesn't say it. And it's always the Republicans' fault. It's the Republicans' fault that we have a debt. It's the Republicans' fault that the border's open. It's the Republicans' fault that Democrat cities defunded police. It's incredible. It's the Republicans' fault that we don't have enough oil and gasoline. It's the Republicans' fault that there's inflation and prices are going up and up and up. Go ahead. Two assault weapons and a pistol, two AK-47. So I call on Congress again to pass my assault weapons ban. And this is all he's going to do. 
politicize it the way he does Social Security and Medicare. He's not going to fix a damn thing. And so it will happen again. Do you remember they just voted on a bipartisan gun control bill? And I told you then, what's the point? They're not going to accept that that's enough. They're going to just go incrementally because that's what the radical left does. What's the point? This is all they do. And this is their issue. It's like abortion. Abortion was supposed to be limited and rare. Now it's abortion on demand right up to the point of birth. And even after birth, they voted against saving the life of an abortion that's failed. That is a human being that's born. They voted against it. Every single Democrat. In the Senate, except one mansion. Except one mansion. That's no Roe v. Wade. Roe v. Wade is very strict about the first trimester. Second trimester, it's ambiguous. Third trimester, no. There's no constitutional right. It's not rational. It doesn't matter. It's what it is. Now, the media know this has been tried before, 1994. The statistics are available. I'm not talking about left-wing groups and how they spin it. The statistics are available. Tell us what they show. I want to know also if the FBI has been monitoring the group that put out Trans Day of Violence, Stop Transgenocide, Trans Day of Violence. That's the, that's the website. Put up by TSU, K-U-R-U, non-binary. And um, they talk about vengeance and all the rest of it. So I I just want to know. I'll be back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. I will be interviewing President Trump for the Sunday show this Sunday on Fox for the full hour. Um, something we've had planned for some time, actually. So we will be talking for the full hour. I know Brother Hannity has uh, talked to President Trump, and we'll be hearing some very interesting uh, parts of his interview in the next few days. Uh, I have not interviewed President Trump yet, but as you know, my focus will be a little different than uh, some of the others. Even though they're great interviews, don't get me wrong, it's just going to be a little different. 
Joe Tacopina is a good lawyer. He's been all over TV dealing with this, this Alvin Bragg. And um, the only guy really defending Alvin Bragg is John Leibowitz. Remember who that is, Mr. Producer? It's John Stewart. That's his real name. Uh, I guess he felt the need to change his name. Uh, he's a secularist. Most of them do. Joe Tacopina is on with Chuck Todd on Meet the Depressed. And I'll tell you what's interesting. There are Sundays on Life, Liberty, and Levin where we get a bigger audience than Meet the Depressed. Did you know that, Mr. Producer? It's true. Imagine what we would do on a network show. Of course, they never have me because, you know, they prefer Chuck Todd. Next thing you know, the Cuomo will be on there. Anyway, I want you to hear some of this. Really, to listen to Chuck Todd. What do you think of this guy? Cut 11, go. But what would he supposed to put in his personal ledger? Seriously, what would he put in his personal ledger? Uh, payment for hush money to um, quiet uh, an affair that I claim I never had so my family doesn't get embarrassed. Is that what he should put in his ledger? If there's no nothing wrong with How about the truth? You, want, your ledger, you keep saying, what should be the ledger? Chuck. Should it Chuck, be the truth? Chuck, Chuck. <laughs> that, what, what, would you ever put a four-paragraph sentence into a ledger? Chuck, you're being, I, I, honestly, I think you're being a little petty when you're looking at this now. Because there is no filing obligation. You can put whatever you want in your own personal ledger. Let's slow down here. Chuck, Chuck, isn't it amazing? This is called a non-disclosure agreement. Why would you put anything in your ledger? So my question to Chuck is, has Meet the, the Depressed ever signed non-disclosure agreements? Why don't you release them? Chuck, Chuck, I'm not done. Has NBC ever signed non-disclosure agreements? Now, Comcast owns NBC. Has Comcast ever signed non-disclosure agreements? Chuck, I'm talking to you. Are you awake? The answer is, of course they have. All of them have. You know, the lawsuit brought by that that kid whose name I can't remember, Mr. Producer, at the uh, Jefferson Memorial. Remember when they got in his face and they smeared the kid and they brought it? Nicholas Sandman. Whatever happened to that suit against the Washington Post? Well, there's a non-disclosure agreement. How about the suit against CNN? There's a non-disclosure agreement. Oh. Who knew? Well, what's in the non-disclosure agreement? Well, I don't know. Now, I would say this, Chuck Todd, we have two letters from 2008, excuse me, 2018, one from Michael Cohen's lawyer saying Michael Cohen paid for this out of his own pocket. How come you don't mention that to your tiniest of tiny audiences? Why? How come you don't mention that Stormy Daniels herself, same time frame, 2018, sent a letter saying that she never had a relationship with Donald Trump of any kind at any time? Why don't you mention that? Or what did he put in his life? How about the truth? Oh, Chuck, Chuck, that's a good one. You're really good, Chuck. 
We've invited Chuck on here in the past multiple times. Have we, Mr. Producer? He doesn't want to come on. Filet of Chuck. We can't have Filet of Chuck. Go ahead. Obligation, that would be one thing. If he had taken campaign funds, that would be something else. This Neither of these things happened here. So you have a situation where you're looking at either, was it a tax deduction? Yeah. They pulled it out of the grand jury because they thought initially it was. He was taking a deduction. He did not. And secondly, did he use campaign funds? If he yeah. did not, he used personal funds. And the test, again, is would he have made that payment regardless of the yeah. campaign? And the answer to that question Chuck is... Chuck Todd isn't even listening. This is so far over over his head. Because what Takapino is explaining is federal law. That's what he's explaining. I've known Joe Takapina. Good Lord, how long is it now? 25 years? It's a good lawyer. It's a good litigator. 25 years, I'd say. And he's explaining to him how the rules work. Cut 12, go. Mr. Trump has described... Alvin Bragg this week as a Soros-backed animal, said he was doing the work of anarchists and the devil, called him a degenerate psychopath, and he called him a Soros racist in reverse, saying this is the Gestapo. Um, as his lawyer, do you stand by those comments? Can I, can I ask you something, Chuck, by the way? Have you ever listened to Joy Reid on your sister network, MSLSD? Have you ever heard the racism spewed out of her big mouth? Have you? Have you ever heard the Holocaust deniers on The View, Chuck? Have you? I'm just curious. How about Al Sharpton? You remember him, Chuck? He works for your network, too. And I don't know. Trump's been called Hitler and Mussolini. It's been called a lot of things. No, but you see, Alvin Bragg is a Soros guy. And Soros' conduct as a young teenager in Hungary, I believe it was, was disgusting during the Holocaust. You can look it up. Disgusting. He never gets an anal exam. Chuck Todd has never done a show on Soros. Chuck is very obsessed with Trump. Go ahead. So, Chuck, as his lawyer, I, I, I want to dissect this case because it's a case that shouldn't be brought and wouldn't be brought up for anyone other than Donald Trump. Let's be clear about that. Does anyone actually think, left, right, or in the middle, that, that anyone else will be prosecuted for making a civil settlement in a hush money case with personal funds. Um, of course not. No one's ever been prosecuted for that. You know, the closest we've come is John Edwards back in the day where a donor paid $900,000 um, for his his mistress and, and the child um, to be you know housed somewhere. Um, that case was ultimately dismissed by Department of Justice after they couldn't get a conviction. And that was with the donor. The distinction here is is so vast, and, and it's clear to anyone, whether you're on, again, if you're supportive of Donald Trump or detract or don't like anything about Donald Trump, mm-hmm. we should all be concerned as citizens in this country about the weaponization of, of a prosecutor's office. And that is what this is. And my, I swear what? to you, in my yeah. third 
32 years as both a prosecutor and a defense lawyer, I've never seen an abuse of discretion like this. Well, you say that. We don't know what the charges are yet. We have no idea what the charges are. But I, I go, go back well, to, is it, no, it I would do you have advise an, I a do client? Have an idea. Would you advise a client to personally attack a, 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 a prosecutor like this? I mean, now, this is this is amazing to me to personally attack a prosecutor. By calling the prosecutor names. Does anybody remember Ken Starr? What a wonderful human being. He was a dear friend of mine. He was the independent counsel during much of the Clinton administration. He was federal appellate judge. He was a chief of staff at the Department of Justice, a position I would later hold. Was the president of a college, was the dean of a law school. Do you remember the names that he was called, the threats made against him by the Clinton War Room? You remember the attacks by Stephanopoulos and Carvel and all these people day in and day out? Do you remember the brutality from the media, NBC, ABC, and CBS against Ken Starr? And even worse, how they hung out at his home every time he would leave his house chase him down said the most vile things about him. remember that Alvin Bragg hasn't even come close to the kind of abuse that Ken Starr received from the likes of the Democrats their surrogates in the media NBC among them do you recommend it Donald Trump is faced is facing four grand juries. He's faced five altogether. He's been under criminal investigation before with no crimes. They have his federal tax returns. His family has been up and down the criminal justice ladder for doing nothing. Alvin Bragg's office had already dropped this case, picks it up again, because of an unethical deputy DA prosecutor who comes into the office for no pay for the purpose of getting Trump. You have an attorney general in Albany who's out to get Trump. I could go on and on and on. And this idiot, this ass, Chuck Todd, he says, do you recommend him attacking the prosecutor this way? No, no, he ought to just sit silently and take it, Chuck. That's all, just sit silently and take it. Isn't that what everybody does? Go ahead. Talk you know, Chuck, I know, I, again, I'm not his social media consultant. Um, I, I don't. I think that was an ill-advised post that one of his social media people put up, and he quickly took down when he realized the rhetoric and the photo that was attached to it. But that being You're said, only referring I, to the baseball bat. He didn't take down the other rhetoric. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're wait a minute. Wait a minute. He needs to take down all his rhetoric. He needs to clean up his act. He cannot come out swinging. No, no, no. Just because people have said things about him, continue to say things about him, and want to stick him in prison, just because everybody virtually, except John Leibowitz, everybody has said that the case in Manhattan is a disgusting politicization of the criminal law process, he really shouldn't call names, you know. Really shouldn't go way, way, way. He didn't take down the names. He didn't stop accusing. This is what why nobody watches Meet the Press anymore. 
It's not like it was in the great days of Joel Spivak. Where it was like 20, 25 years old, where everybody wanted to go on Meet the Press. Everybody would watch it on Sundays. It was a serious show. He's turned it into a, a, a clown show. He's turned this into a, uh, a, a joke. These are not the right times of question, types of questions, if you want to get to the bottom. And yet they continue, continue to push it and push it and push it and push it because they think it's going to help their ratings. It's not. It's not going to help their ratings. You think it was okay, Chuck, when Joe Biden worked with racists and segregationists to keep public schools segregated, do you? I'm just curious. Because you've spent no time on that whatsoever, and he's actually the President of the United States. How much time did you spend with Tara Reid, who accused Joe Biden of molesting her? Really, seriously. I mean, you're worried about this non-disclosure agreement. How come you're not worried about that? He's sitting in the Oval Office. How come you're not worried about big issues? Like how Joe Biden is compromised by the communist Chinese, which puts each and every one of us in danger. This is why nobody watches Meet the Press or the other, the other phony shows. And they all sound the same. They all talk the same. They all do the same thing. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Don't fall for the free phone deals from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, folks. Just another trick to lock you into a long-term contract that's going to cost you a fortune every single month. Instead, get a brand new iPhone 12 from Pure Talk for just 12 bucks a month at 0% interest, no contract. Cancel or leave anytime. Get a new iPhone, ultra-fast 5G service, and cut your cell phone bill in half. That's why I'm a Pure Talk customer. That's why you should be, too. You can switch right now at puretalk.com in as little as 10 minutes. Choose from a variety of unlimited talk and text plans starting at 30 bucks a month with plenty of high-speed data, all backed by a 100% money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, L-E-V-I-N podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month. An iPhone 12 for 12 bucks a month and save on your monthly bill. PureTalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Restrictions apply. You can see the site for details. Last evening, ladies and gentlemen, in Boca Raton, Florida, the ZOA of Florida had their annual meeting. All kinds of great muckety mucks were there. Sharona, who heads the Florida ZOA, Mort Klein, who's a dear friend of mine, heads the National ZOA, Zionists of America. All that means is support the existence of the state of Israel. And uh, to my great delight and surprise, uh, the Speaker of the House was there, Kevin McCarthy, who I think we can all agree has really been very, very solid right now, don't you think? And um, he introduced me. I was introduced by the speaker. 
and I got an award from the Florida ZOA. And it was a, it was a great, great pleasure to be with, look like thousands of people, whatever the number was, wonderful, wonderful people who listened to the program and just like you and who are patriots for the United States, strong supporters for the state of Israel. And um, it was very, very kind of them. And I know the speaker wanted me to relay to all of you in the audience, millions of you, his thanks. Uh, and his thanks because he is trying to keep, you know, as, he, as much as he possibly can, the Republican caucus together. He has to take on the Senate. He has to take on the President of the United States. He has to take on the media. And, of course, where we agree, we're going to give him whatever support we can. And... Um, our, our mission is simple. Joe Biden says that when he was asked by Xi one word, what does America stand for? He said possibilities. That's not right. Liberty. Possibilities flow from liberty. But Joe doesn't believe in liberty. And even when Joe says one word, possibilities, what Joe really means is Endless possibilities for government, growing and empowering the central government. That's what he means. The one word is liberty or freedom, if you will, but liberty, not possibilities. Either way, Joe is ensuring that we have less and less of both. So I wanted to thank the folks down there. I wanted to thank uh, the speaker, also uh, my congressman was there great great guy as were others we'll be right back don't fall for the free phone deals from verizon at&t or t-mobile folks just another trick to lock you into a long-term contract that's going to cost you a fortune every single month instead get a brand new iphone 12 from pure talk for just 12 bucks a month at zero percent interest no contract Cancel or leave anytime. Get a new iPhone, ultra-fast 5G service, and cut your cell phone bill in half. That's why I'm a Pure Talk customer. That's why you should be, too. You can switch right now at puretalk.com in as little as 10 minutes. Choose from a variety of unlimited talk and text plans starting at 30 bucks a month with plenty of high-speed data, all backed by a 100% money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month. An iPhone 12 for 12 bucks a month and save on your monthly bill. puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Restrictions apply. You can see the site for details. Liberty's Voice. Mark Levin. Talk with that voice now. 877-381-3811. You know, uh, almost three years ago to the day, we got a call. I'll just call her Dr. Elaine. And Dr. Elaine surprised us. She started reading to us. And we broke this nationally. It did appear, I must say, the morning of in the Wall Street Journal, but we broke it that night nationally. A memo that was put out by Andrew Cuomo's operation, his office, insisting 
that COVID patients be placed in nursing homes and senior living facilities. And that there would be a punishment by New York State if they found out that nursing homes were not accepting COVID-positive patients. And this led to a disaster throughout the state, especially in New York City. That families are still suffering from. That families are still suffering. They lost loved ones and loved ones they lost who were not allowed to even see their children and their grandchildren before they passed. They died horrific, lonely deaths. And Dr. Elaine, I won't give out her last name, Dr. Elaine was an administrator at one of these nursing homes. Dr. Elaine, how are you? Hi, Mark. I'm well. Thank you for taking the call. And uh, just hearing now, now, you... Hold on now. I just want to make it clear. I didn't call you. You called us, right? Yeah, that's right. I called What did you want yes, to call about? As you said, I wanted to acknowledge the three-year anniversary, as you just did, of my first call to you, which was March 26, 2020. And that was because of the March 25th directive that you also just referenced uh, from the health department uh, mandating that nursing homes accept COVID positive patients for admission. And as uh, people may remember, uh, the very first outbreak of COVID in the United States actually occurred in the nursing home in Kirkland nursing home in Seattle with terrible uh, fatalities. So the last place anybody would want to have COVID would be in a nursing home. But shortly after New York's first case in uh, early March 2020, we got this directive, which we were absolutely flabbergasted. And I couldn't think of what to do. And I called your show and and you took the call and, and you ran with it. Mm. So I would I wanted to acknowledge that and give you a call and uh, and say yes it's been three years three years three years almost to the day. In fact, well, Friday would be three years to the day that that memo came out. I think pretty much exactly right. It came out March. Yep, exactly right. March twenty fifth, twenty twenty. And when we so. talked about it at that time, obviously I'm not in any respect knowledgeable about this kind of medicine and so forth or science you were just appalled and you said there was nothing you folks could do right there would be some kind of penalty applied by this by the cuomo uh, administration if you were rejected COVID positive patients even though you as a doctor and others knew you shouldn't do it well the language of the memo said nursing homes must comply with the admission of COVID residents. So must comply uh, sends a certain message. Um, The the Department of Health basically uh, has great authority over nursing homes, which is a good thing, by the way. It's important that nursing homes are regulated and and, um, scrutinized and surveyed. So nothing against that, but you live and live or die by what the Department of Health says. So um, they were very clear that you must comply. And, Mark, we were not allowed to request that 
uh, patients be tested for COVID. <laughs> Can you imagine? You couldn't uh, uh, ask that patients be tested that, that you were being sent from the hospitals. And by the way, one thing I'll just mention, because I think a lot of people misunderstand what this directive really was. A lot of people think that it was about accepting patients back into the facility that the facility had sent to the hospital. That wasn't it. It was to accept new patients that you had never seen before. They were not your prior residents from the facility that you had hospitalized. So uh, I I hear people get that wrong all the time. Uh, This was a directive that we must accept basically all comers and and uh, specifically were barred from um, even inquiring whether someone had COVID. You were not allowed to. Mm-hmm. So it was, um, it was, uh, it was, ama- it was unbelievable. And I think that was your response. I think you said, what? Are you kidding mm-hmm. me? <laughs> no, it makes sense. And, uh, and why did the Cuomo regime do this? Why did they do well, it? Honestly, I think they were trying to unload the hospitals. They were, they were, you know, the hospitals, of course, were on fire. Um, but what they they didn't, I mean, they were just desperate. And there were other venues, as I think you uh, mentioned either then or another time that we talked about the Javits Center and the cruise, mm-hmm. uh, the hospital ship that was that President Trump had sent. Uh, but no, nursing homes, they, they wanted them uh, out. I mean, one could speculate endlessly as to what they were thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, I think to an extent they were um, negligent and mm-hmm. neglecting the homes and not, not realizing uh, what our situation was. Well, let me just say this, Dr. Lane, you were a great patriot. You got the word out there. We tried to get it out, you know throughout the country and all our affiliates and so forth. I think we we succeeded. And I want to thank you for what you did three years ago, almost today on Friday. I hadn't even remembered that. Almost. So uh, you take care of yourself, all right? Thank you, Mark. Thank you all for right. all you've done. God bless you. Well, we do have some sad and breaking news here, uh, ladies and gentlemen. This is from uh, postmillennial.com. Rand Paul staffer stabbed in brutal attack in Washington, D.C. in broad daylight. Let's see here. I'm getting the statement. This past weekend, a member of my staff was brutally attacked, says Rand Paul, in broad daylight in Washington, D.C. I ask you to join Kelly and me in praying for a speedy and complete recovery and thanking the first responders, hospital staff, and police for their diligent actions. We are relieved to hear the suspect has been arrested. At this time, we would ask for privacy so everyone can focus on healing and recovery. 42-year-old Glenn Neal, a Southeast D.C., was arrested and charged with assault with intent to kill. In broad daylight. This happened on the 1300 block of H Street Northeast. People know where that is in Washington, D.C. That's not considered a very dangerous area. In broad daylight over the weekend, almost stabbed to death. And this is a city, Washington, that wants two senators and a congressman that can vote. The city council voted either unanimously or with one objection to 
turn its criminal justice system into the worst criminal justice system on the face of the earth, where criminals cease to exist. It was so bad that the lousy mayor, Mayor Bowser, vetoed it. Her veto was overridden. <clears throat> and then uh, the Speaker of the House, McCarthy, put a vote on the floor because D.C. is the District of Columbia. It's a federal district. That would have overridden the city council, uh, rejecting the law that they had passed, rejecting it. And uh, it was also passed in the Senate. And Biden, who had opposed it, that is opposed signing the bill originally with the pressure, decided to sign it. And that's what you do when you're. You're one of the bicameral system where you have conservatives and you got a, a, a reckless president of the United States. You put them on point. That is, you put them on in, in an impossible situation. And that's what but they did, the Republicans in the House. So Rand Paul's staffer was brutally stabbed, almost killed, apparently. Uh, but it looks like he is going to survive in broad daylight in a fairly, quote-unquote, safe area of Washington, D.C. Everybody knows in Washington, D.C. where H Street is. Um, just, just terrible. And then, of course, we led the top of the hour, the first hour, the mass killing at a private Christian school in Nashville. Um, three third graders murdered, two of whom were nine, one of whom was almost nine, three adults, two who were 61, one who was 60, one was a janitor, another was a substitute teacher. Uh, the person who did the killing was killed by the police who got there apparently very fast. Uh, five officers immediately went into the building searching for the shooter. They were in the first floor. They heard the shooting in the second floor. They raced up to the second floor. As reports have, have stated, confronted the shooter and killed her. Uh, this individual is a transgender individual who, quote-unquote, identifies as a woman. And... Um, they have a theory or two on why this was done. They did not want to discuss them yet as they are still gathering the facts and developing the information and so forth. Apparently, she, she did do some writing about what she was doing. Um, and um, just to tell you how horrific these things are, I mean, imagine being the parents. It's just, and as I said, my granddaughter who's nine, played basketball with one of the little girls who was murdered. And in fact, my daughter told me that Julie and I, my wife and I, were at a basketball game, I guess it was a year or two ago, in Nashville, where the young girl was playing in the game with the team that is my granddaughter's team horrific and and my kids live uh, 
at a mile away from this uh, private Christian school. You just never know. You never know. It's horrendous. So, I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Don't fall for the free phone deals from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, folks. Just another trick to lock you into a long-term contract that's going to cost you a fortune every single month. Instead, get a brand new iPhone 12 from Pure Talk for just 12 bucks a month at 0% interest, no contract. Cancel or leave anytime. Get a new iPhone, ultra-fast 5G service, and cut your cell phone bill in half. That's why I'm a Pure Talk customer. That's why you should be, too. You can switch right now at puretalk.com in as little as 10 minutes. Choose from a variety of unlimited talk and text plans starting at 30 bucks a month with plenty of high-speed data, all backed by a 100% money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, L-E-V-I-N PODCAST, and you'll save 50% off your first month. An iPhone 12 for 12 bucks a month and save on your monthly bill. PureTalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Restrictions apply. You can see the site for details. All right, Mr. Producer. Why don't we take a call or two? Let me surprise you and them. To whom shall I speak? Yeah. Marlboro, Maryland, the great WMAL. John, go right ahead, please. Yeah. Yes, sir. It's a pleasure, uh, Mr. Levin. Thank you, sir. Um, I just wanted to make a, a statement to the the people of the United States of America, if, whoever's listening, and just yeah. just please have pride and respect for this red, white, and blue flag that we have. I'll, I'll be 45 on Friday, and I remember first grade watching the space shuttle Challenger blow up, and and everybody cried, and then right after that we were pledging the the the, the, the allegiance to the flag of America. Bring that pride back, please. Please bring this country back. That's you're all so I got to say. Right. Thank you. And that's a great call. And you're 100% right. Thank you, Marilyn. Appreciate it. Who's next, Richie? Well, I don't think we should go to calls right now. We don't have enough time. So, you callers, just wait till after the break because we don't have enough time. We're going to have Janice Dean on the program next hour. You might know her, of course you do, meteorologist, Fox News Channel, author of I Am the Storm, inspiring stories of people who fight against overwhelming odds. You might remember Janice's story. Uh, She deserves some kind of hero medal, too. Dr. Elaine and Janice. Well, as you well know, Janice lost both of her in-laws. Her mother-in-law and her father-in-law as a result of this directive that was put out by the Cuomo administration. And I thought it only fair that Janice have an opportunity to speak about this. And so she will be on the program at some point in the third hour. And uh, we've got a lot more coming, too. Remember, the third hour I like to call the power hour. We keep the foot on the gas pedal. You're going to want to hear what John Leibowitz, a.k.a. John Stewart, had to say. Go ahead and indict Trump. I mean, after all, we have to show we're a nation, the rule of law. This guy's always been a schmuck. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. 
Broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Before we get to John Leibowitz, a.k.a. John Stewart, have you noticed the left always changes their name? Like, Whoopi Goldberg's real name is Karen. Isn't that funny, Mr. Producer? She's a Karen. Or Sonny Houston's name is, uh, Whatever. But they changed their names. It's, it's very weird. Before we get to that, over there at a hot air, Jazz Shaw. I'm sure he didn't change his name. The new House Oversight Committee investigating the political weaponization of the Justice Department. They want to bring on some additional staff. Start putting in some overtime. Every new story that comes out about the FBI's actions in recent years makes the Bureau look worse and worse. The latest story posted by our colleagues at PJ Media involves the ongoing seditious conspiracy, quote-unquote, charges being brought against leaders and members of the Proud Boys. The trial of chapter leader Zach Reel, that's R-E-H-L, was preparing to call a witness this week but ran into a problem. Their witness, quote-unquote, turned out to be a confidential informant for the FBI who'd been spying on the defense team. I tell you, this Stasi stuff is unbelievable. That brought the trial to a screeching halt, quote, until these issues have been considered and resolved, unquote. That's putting it mildly, to say the least. Critics of harsh prosecutions in the January 6th debacle continue to be vindicated, they write. Those who have said the whole thing was a setup keep getting proved right by our own Department of Justice, they say. According to lawyers for Zachary Real, a Proud Boys chapter leader charged with seditious conspiracy, the government failed to disclose that one of the witnesses scheduled to testify was actually a confidential informant for the FBI. Amazingly, the Associated Press reported it. They wrote, quote, Carmen Hernandez, a lawyer for former Proud Boys chapter leader Zachary Real, Asked the judge to schedule an immediate emergency hearing and suspend the trial until these issues have been considered and resolved. Lawyers for the other four defendants joined in Attorney Hernandez's uh, request. Is that not unbelievable, Mr. Producer? The informant in the case has been going by the name of Jen Lowe, L-O-H. But her real name is... Jenny Lynn Salinas. Jenny Lynn Salinas. She's been involved in the cases against multiple defendants and has been working with their legal teams. She even participated in prayer meetings with the defendants' families. With the defendants' families. She was supposed to be testifying as a witness for the defense. But all the time she's been working for the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Defense lawyers have been asking for a full list of FBI agents and informants who were involved in this investigation, but the Bureau has been stonewalling them. 
I don't know how any judge can wear one of those robes and be called your honor and continue to support this kind of stuff. It's just unbelievable to me. And if Salinas has been involved in talks with the defense attorneys, as alleged, it's one of the clearest examples of a violation of attorney-client privilege you could hope for. There's nothing inherently wrong with law enforcement using paid informants to gather information, but those informants are supposed to be reporting the presumed illegal actions of others. They're not supposed to be the ones planning illegal activity, and they're most certainly not supposed to be spying on defense teams as they prepare to go to trial. This is all too reminiscent of the supposed kidnapping plot against Gretchen Whitmer. The FBI's people involved in the scheme outnumbered the supposed MAGA brothers who were, coax, who were coaxed rather into it. The informants were the ones who came up with the supposed bomb that was to be used to blow up a bridge and basically directed the group's activities in scoping out the scene of the proposed kidnapping. And yet they still somehow managed to come up with a few convictions out of it. We brought this up here before at Hot Air, but it bears repeating. There needs to be a thorough house cleaning at the Department of Justice, particularly inside the FBI, There's currently a bill under consideration that would limit how long unelected federal officials can serve. That might be a good start. I agree 100%. Unbelievable. They're sitting on on, on the... You don't need me to explain it. It's just beyond belief. And then we have fools like John... Leibowitz, a.k.a. John Stewart. And he's on CNN yesterday. And listen to this loudmouth madman. Cut 16, go. So I've got to ask you, it's a big thing in the news. Donald Trump indictment. There are people. What? No, no, just <laughs> stay with me for a minute. There are people I've been watching say- <laughs> the live cameras at the courthouse. It's imminent. <laughs> Breathless speculation. So there are people who say... Yes, you have to indict him because he, he has, in fact, broken the laws. And there are other people who say... That's uh, Fareed Zakaria, by the way. Go ahead. This is his right. path to redemption. Sure. How, how do you think about it? Oh, I, I, the law should always take into account someone's popularity. I think that's... <laughs> that's oh, I mean, what, what's happened to our country? For, it's as though you can't even commit financial fraud anymore. You what are you talking about, you idiot? What the hell? What does financial fraud have to do with this? Go ahead. And inflate the value of your properties uh, when you need a loan and then deflate it uh, with taxes. I mean, uh, the next thing you know, they're going to send you to jail instead of your lawyer and your accountant and your campaign manager and everyone else uh, around you. It's no. He's not even talking about the right subject. Did you know that, Mr. Producer? They're talking about this Alvin, Alvin Bragg, and he's off on the uh, on the attorney general's crap from Albany. Go ahead. They face accountability. Uh, who's that rich and powerful is outrageous, and this country shouldn't stand for. It. <laughs> uh, you're very, very funny. Tell me, how many grand juries do you want there, Leibowitz? There have been five in the last several months. And that's before I even talk about the Mueller grand jury. 
There's been six grand juries that have looked into this man. At everything. I wonder what they'd find if they looked at everything for John Stewart. Seriously. And they went back 20 years. And they looked at his taxes. Go ahead. What if it what if it turns out to be his his get out of jail free pass? It's his path to people will see him as a martyr. He gets he. Okay. You're okay I, I with that. He, this is, is why CNN has no ratings. The monotony of this discussion cannot be overemphasized. The monotony of this discussion cannot be overemphasized. But that he's a martyr. A martyr. Is that the problem, America, that Donald Trump's going to be viewed as a martyr? Maybe he truly is the victim of the system under the Democrats. In fact, that's what he is. It's not about Donald Trump being a martyr. Go ahead. I don't become president again. He could become president anyway. Fareed, you, it's, we either have the rule of law or we have no rule of law. All right, that's right. We either have the rule of law or we have no rule of law. So what do you think about informants sitting in with defense lawyers, John? And what do you think about violating attorney-client privilege so the government could know what a, what a client and their lawyer discuss? What do you think about that, Johnny? Does that bother you at all? Probably not. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Everybody knows who Janice Dean is. She's always got a smile on her face. She's a meteorologist at the Fox News Channel. The only time she doesn't have a smile is when she's talking seriously about what took place in New York starting three years ago. She's the author of I Am the Storm, inspiring stories of people who fight against overwhelming odds. Mr. Producer, let's put that on all our social sites. I have never talked to Janice Dean. Janice Dean, how are you? I feel like I know you, though, Mark. I feel like we have talked Likewise. to each other before. And I have to tell you, I'm so grateful for you and your voice because I think I learned about the COVID uh, positive patients being put into nursing homes from you, from your show, because wow. you were reporting on this when no one else was. Um, oh, so you. I'm grateful for you and your audience, um, you know, for raising the awareness when no one else was. Well, you're very, very kind. I hate to take you through this again, but I want people to remember what happened to your family and so many other families because people move on, you know. And, uh, mm. and, and, and you really hold Andrew Cuomo so thoroughly responsible for the behavior of his government. You go right ahead. Well, it's three years this week that we lost my husband's father in a nursing home. Uh, he died of COVID. Um, we saw that on the death certificate. We didn't know what he had died from, and we were locked away. We couldn't see him. We weren't getting regular updates. As far as we knew, he was fine. We had no idea that our governor, our government, was putting COVID-positive patients in the nursing homes. They didn't tell the families. Uh, and my mother-in-law was in a separate elder care facility and assisted living residence where Mickey, her husband, was going to join her when he was well enough. Um, 
And so my husband had to deliver the news to his mother that his father had passed away. And, um, you know, they hadn't been apart in almost 60 years. Um, Mm. So devastating, obviously. But we did not know that they were flooding nursing homes and assisted living residences with COVID. And, of course, Mm. through your reporting, uh, we found out that over 9,000 sick patients were put into elder care facilities in New York State. And then Cuomo and his administration did everything they could to cover up the numbers. Um, And it's three years later, Mark, and we have no answers. We have no accountability. And I have been told by lawmakers that there are going to be hearings, that they're going to subpoena Andrew Cuomo in Washington, D.C., and I have heard crickets. I've heard nothing. Mm -hmm. You really have to wonder how how a governor who is conducting himself this way can get away with it. We had a lady call us, and she spoke called in last hour. We call her Dr. Elaine. She's a doctor. She was an administrator at one of these nursing homes, and she called into the show when this memo came out, and she really mm-hmm. broke the story, and she, and she read it to me. I said, no, no, you have to send it to me because I don't believe you. Yes. And I read it on the air. I said, what in the hell? I mean, what kind of a moron his government would send COVID positive patients into nursing homes and assisted living homes? And you're not even allowed to test people when they're coming in from the hospitals. And you're not allowed to reject anybody. I mean, that is like a death sentence, is it not? Yes. Yes, it is. And there's a reason we're not finding out those answers. People are afraid. And it's not just Andrew Cuomo. I believe it's the hospital association. Uh, I believe there are a lot of people that people that have blood on their hands. And, and no one wants to get into the floorboards and find out exactly what happened. But we need to, um, because if there's one thing that we know from the very beginning, Mark, and that is that the elderly were the most susceptible to the virus what Mm -hmm. if it was kids what if kids were the most susceptible to the virus and they decided to flood schools people will be in jail right now but for some reason they just want to shove it under the rug and not look at it and and you know people look at me like i'm crazy three years later that i'm still uh trying to shine a light on this because if i don't who's going to Mm -hmm. And you're the kind of person who will cause this one day to be exposed. Tell us a little bit about your in-laws. Hmm. Oh, New York tough. You know, that's what the governor used to call himself. I'm New York tough. Um, They were born and bred in New York. Uh, Lived in a four-story walk-up in Brooklyn for almost 60 years. Uh, My father-in-law was a firefighter. My husband's a firefighter. Um, for 23 years in the department. He was in the Air Force for many years as well. Um, And they were, you know, they were true New Yorkers. And Dee was someone who never forgot a a birthday or an anniversary. Um, My husband used to call her every day on his way home. And there are still moments where he feels like he has to call her. And now we're coming up on the third anniversary of their deaths. Um, and what I've learned with advocacy is it's not a year, it's not 10 years, it's a lifetime, and I'm never going to be quiet. And for all of those that are helping to bring back this disgraced governor, uh, 
you're going to hear from me uh, because he doesn't deserve it. He has never mm-hmm. apologized. He's never uh, had answered tough questions, and he thinks he can just waltz right back into the political spotlight. Not on my watch. Mm-hmm. He seems to be making that effort all over the place right now. Like he's he trying is. to do a combo. Well, what does he want? Him. Yeah, I agree with you. And what does he I want? Think, he wants to run you know, again? I just think he is somebody that really doesn't think he's ever done anything wrong in his entire life. And he deserves to be uh, back in the spotlight, even though, you know, they asked him, I'm, I'm positive. They said, listen, you have to resign because if you don't, you're going to be impeached and there are going to be all sorts of little dirty secrets that you don't want out there. So he agreed to go away for a little bit, but now he's got a podcast and people are allowing him to come on their program for an hour, like a campaign speech and not asking the tough questions over 15,000 elderly senior people died. And part of the reason they died is because he signed a death warrant and We can't forget that. And if we don't find out why, Mark, it will happen again. So it's up to us to get those answers. But but I don't have any elected officials that are helping me. I mean, it's up to the families. I think it's going to come down to lawsuits. It's going to have to. Mm -hmm. Janice, now you've written a book. I know it's been out a bit, and that's not why I had you on, but I want people to get it. I am the storm inspiring stories of people who fight against overwhelming odds. Can you tell us about that? Well, it started out with my family's story uh, and going up against incredible odds, a dynasty politician. In the beginning, people were telling me, watch your back. There's no way this guy is going anywhere. He's a Well, they did try to smear you, remember? They did try to do that. Yeah. Of course, him and his brother um, were trying to find a way to silence me by using my profession. Oh, she's just the weather girl. So Chris Cuomo called me the weather bitch. What can we hold on, do? Hold on. I'm going to, I'm going to, if you don't mind, the break's coming. I want to keep you on if you have time. Do you have a minute? Of course. Yes. Of All course. right. It's the great Janice Dean, ladies and gentlemen. She's fantastic. Author of I Am the Storm, inspiring stories of people who fight against overwhelming odds. We'll have it linked on all of our sites, but I want to continue with this. We'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Mark Levin. The Thunder on the Right. Call in now. 877-381-3811. We're here with Janice Dean, colleague, but I've never met her, the Fox News Channel. It's mostly my fault. 
because I'm never in New York. So how would she meet me? Uh, I am the storm, inspiring stories of people who fight against overwhelming odds. Now, Janice, you were talking about the book, and you were talking about it in the context of, and I raised it, the Cuomo brothers, but at least Andrew Cuomo and his uh, surrogates trying to smear you, right? Yeah. I mean, their way of doing that was kind of attacking my profession, but I always thought of it as they've got nothing else, so they have to come after me as being the weather girl. Um, and I foiled for those emails. I want to see those emails from Chris Cuomo to Melissa DeRosa and the ad- administration of him saying, well, how do we paint this woman as a right-wing Looney Tunes? Because that's what they were going to come after me mm-hmm. for. And. Mm-hmm. I am not a political person, Mark. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I say this all the time. The red and blue that I see on a map are areas of high pressure and low pressure. You know, mm-hmm. like, this, and this is not about politics. I don't care if he's a Democrat. He hurt people. He, he helped kill people. So it, it shouldn't be about politics. And we should also mention that it wasn't just him. There were several other governors that had the same language in their executive order to put COVID-positive patients into nursing homes. And I think once, if we find out why he did it, we'll find out why the, why the others did it as well. I guess they all communicated with each other. It's so bizarre. You know, you and I and so forth, we look at this memo. We look at what they did. You have to scratch your head. I mean, in Florida... You know, once the governor in Florida figured out what was going on, he took a completely opposite position from the guy in New York and from Mm -hmm. Fauci, right? I mean, so the information was there. Right. And it wasn't based on science. Well, anyway, Janice, I want to thank you, and I want you to come back. uh, So we can keep working on this. And not we, you and I will I will just kind of be by your side to some extent if I can help you. Well, that means more to me than you know, because uh, not many people have said that uh, and meant it. And I know that you mean it. Yes, you let us know. And uh, you'll be on in a split second. Trust me on this. All right, Janice. God bless. And by the way, may I ask something? How's the weather in South Florida going to be in the next day? It's going to be great, isn't it? Uh, it's always great in South it Florida. It is, I know. And listen, you don't you don't have to come to New York. I'll I will gladly oh, okay. accept an invitation to come see you in Florida. There you go. <laughs> All right, my friend. Well, God bless to you and your entire family. Take care of yourself. You too, my friend. Thank you. Isn't she great? She is great. I uh, shame on me for not having her, her on earlier, Mister Producer. My daughter just sent me a photo. This is so sad of the basketball team that my granddaughter was on a year and a half or so ago. And the little girl standing to my daughter's left, but in the picture on her right, was murdered today. There's a big smile on her face. All the teams there. I remember the game like it was yesterday. I actually remember her now. She was the tallest at the time. And uh, just a, a lovely, beautiful little girl. 
And I suspect she was around seven then. And she was nine today. When this individual went into the private Christian school and murdered her and others. You know, you send your kids to a private Christian school a lot of times because you want them, obviously, to get faith and you don't want them to be exposed to the sort of stuff that's going on in public schools anymore. And you assume they'll be safe. Churches, Christian institutions are coming under attack. Orthodox Jews, Orthodox Jewish institutions are coming under attack. Hate crimes are through the roof. Uh, the person who murdered this little girl, two other little girls, apparently, and three adults, human beings, was a binary, binary, a biological woman Um, who was transgender. She identified as a woman. And went into that school with the intent of slaughtering Christians. She went to that school at one point in her life. She's 28 years old. And Joe Biden, after laughing about chocolate ice cream, chocolate chip ice cream, and so forth, at a solemn and somber moment like this. It's just unbelievable what a fool that man is. What a complete jackass. Goes into the gun control. If only we would ban automatic weapons. His spokes that he even goes further, blaming Republicans. This is sick. We already tested that ban in the 1990s. It didn't do a damn thing. And it certainly doesn't matter to this family anymore or any of the others. There she is. You can't see it, and I'm not going to put it on social media. That's not my... It's not what I do. Has a big smile on her face, Mr. Producer. They all got medals. I think they won the game playoffs or whatever the heck it was. They all got, you know, their orange slices and everything else. I remember this. My wife and I were sitting in the stands and she's standing right next to my granddaughter. And she's gone. Just like that. And the Nashville Police Department deserve enormous praise because they were not on the spot in advance they were not resource personnel. They ran to the scenes, five officers, as the chief explains, and went right into that building looking for the killer. They heard gunshots on the second floor. They ran to the second floor. They didn't wait for anybody else. They didn't wait for a SWAT team. They weren't... I'm betting most of these guys were on patrol in and around the area, and they sped to the school as fast as they could, and they got out of their cars with their weapons drawn and ran into that place. Those are the police we know. God bless them. God bless every one of them. 
and they knew they were putting their lives on the line. <clears throat> they weren't waiting for barricades or to set up uh, this side or the other. They ran in. They ran in. We'll hear a lot of talk about this. But one of the things I don't think we'll hear a lot of talk about is the fact that it was a Christian school that was targeted by this individual. And we will have the theory because the chief of police has said that she did, in fact, write a manifesto. And that manifesto needs to be released. You know, you look at all the hate that's going on and the victims and the brutality. The attack on churches. You see the Department of Justice is prosecuting pro-lifers. And the excuse the Department of Justice and the Attorney General gives for not prosecuting people who've been attacking and damaging churches is it mostly happens at night. Of course, my answer was, well, maybe we need to buy them some flashlights. Are they kidding us? This is sick. Mostly happens at night. They pick the easy fruit, the low-hanging fruit, rounding up people whose pictures they see on the Internet or on the grounds of the Capitol. Oh, that's a tough job. That's a tough job. And many of us are trying to figure out exactly how many FBI informants were there on January 6th. How many? We can't even get that information from our government, even though January 6th has been, been over for now over two years. We can't even get that information. Also, there's been another chemical spill must be due to the regulations that Joe Biden has put in place. Well, how do you know, Mark? I don't have any idea, but I'm going to pretend I'm like the President of the United States. Just make allegations after allegations after allegations. Another massive train derailment with a hazardous material spill. Um, and let's see here. I'm trying to pull it up. Where is it? It's the involved the 70 car Canadian Pacific train that was hauling hazardous materials around Windermere, North Dakota. Sunday night, 31 cars went off the tracks sometime late Sunday night, according to a local report. And they're saying it will take seven to ten days to clean up the derailment. No one was reportedly injured in the incident. I wonder if that's not another. Uh, uh, environmental injustice situation in North Dakota, Mr. Producer. What do you think? What do you think? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I guarantee you, if I open the phone lines... The number of people who would call this program and would jam it up who want to talk about the pandemic, the people whose lives were so adversely affected all over this country, and especially in New York, 
we would be overwhelmed. But that's not what I want to do towards the end of this program. I want you to listen to John Kerry at Yahoo News Friday. Because this is going to affect each and every one of your lives. And they are never going to stop. Ever. Cut 17. Go. President Biden having signed the Inflation Reduction Act, which is the most ambitious climate legislation in history. Um, but still... Now notice right there how they lied to us. It's the Inflation Reduction Act. It was a massive climate change bill that has destroyed our energy industry, the impact of which you haven't even felt yet. And they called it an Inflation Reduction Act. Go ahead. ...to get a 40% uh, reduction in emissions by the end of the decade. And um, the U.S. has promised a 50% reduction by the end of the decade. So we're doing a lot more than just the IRA. The IRA is a package that in and of itself can get the 40%. But in addition to that, the president is issuing executive orders. There'll be uh, changes on automobile, on light truck, heavy truck, heavy duty. A number of initiatives that are being taken by states, subnational. Uh, cities, they really kept us in the game, frankly, during the Trump administration when he pulled out of the agreement. But we 75 percent of the new electricity of the, uh, that came online during the Trump administration came from renewable resources. So we have a lot of other options, tools, if you will, in the toolkit besides the IRA. The IRA is a huge leap forward and it's already having a major impact. That is the Inflation Reduction Act. Now they have the, uh, the name for it, the IRA. 75% of new electricity came from renewables. So it could be 75% of 2%. But what I'm telling you is, John Kerry has Biden's ear. And Biden does what John Kerry tells him to do. This is the truth. They're bosom buddies. And he's telling you executive orders are coming. There's going to be changes to the automobile, light trucks, heavy trucks, heavy-duty trucks. A lot of initiatives are going to be taking place. And it won't be by legislation. It won't be by your representatives listening to you. You won't be able to lobby anybody as a citizen, pick up the phone and text them. Mr. Executive Order is going to do it. And this is the same Joe Biden who's trashing the state of Israel. Because they're trying to move from a judicial totalitarian regime to more of a parliamentary participatory government, which is the way it used to be. Which is the way it used to be. So he interferes in the internal domestic affairs of Israel. And yet in our internal domestic affairs, the guy conducts himself like an iron-fisted autocrat. That's exactly what he does. And just listen to the verbiage that they use now. 40% reduction in emissions. The communist Chinese are building two new coal power plants every week. Two. Every week. And they don't give a damn about this agreement. The country of India, I don't know about two a week. They don't give a damn about this agreement either. They have nothing to do with it. And so here's the United States committing acts of suicide economically because that's what the democrats want us to do so more government by executive orders government by bureaucracy and and government regulation crippling us literally crippling us well too bad we don't have four or five hours actually 
Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel, our truckers, and the men and women in Taiwan and Ukraine. God bless the freedom fighters and you, the greatest audience in the world, your loyalty. I'm deeply blessed, and I'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow. 